Getting worked podcast, Mike's getting tipsy He drink a lot of beer and he drink a lot of whiskey When he's not doing that, probably watching wrestling Talking about the beers and it's so interesting Mike's online, you can give him a follow End of the day, he be cleaning out the tacos No better podcast if you ask me Getting worked, you can leave off the last G Driving in your car, getting worked Slacking at your job, getting worked the DMV getting worked in the VIP getting work out getting worked getting work get getting work getting work getting work get getting work getting work getting work get getting work getting work getting work get getting work people of the internet getting worked is back I'm Mike this is getting worked it's been seven months guys hello so we're back i missed you i'm sorry i've been gone but i'm back with a new format i'm back with some new stuff to talk about and guys we're gonna get drunk let me tell you all about what's going on now in the world of getting worked. We're going to start bringing a little spin into this. Up until this point, the show has been a lot of uh, pro wrestling talk. Strictly straight to the point, talking about wrestling, interviews, things of that nature. We're still going to be bringing all of that wrestling love to you, but let's start drinking. Let's crack a beer. Let's make a drink. Let's do a shot. It is time when you crank on that getting worked with Mike every single week, ladies and gentlemen, that you party the same way I party. Even if you don't drink, you don't have to drink alcohol necessarily, but let's have a good fucking time. This first episode, I'm bringing you a cocktail I made based on the franchise Shane Douglas himself, people of the internet. So, we're going to talk about that later, but first, a little bit about what's going on in the future. Every week, I'm going to be coming to you, talking wrestling, talking pop culture, and bringing you something to drink. You can make the drinks at home. We're going to post pictures of them online. I'm going to post the ingredients. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later so you guys can get the feel, get the vibe for what is going on in the world of getting worked. Once again, like, subscribe, follow wherever you listen to your podcasts. Maybe you go to Apple. Maybe you go to Spotify. I'm at both places. Like, subscribe, leave a review, leave a comment. Follow me on Twitter at Getting Worked. Follow me on Instagram at Getting Worked with Mike. So, pull up a chair, do a shot, crack a beer. Let's party, guys. Brock Lesnar said, Suplex City, bitch. People of the internet, it is time to drink. Gather round, crack a bottle, let's go. So, I just think about what I wanted the first drink to be. I needed, like, inspiration. Luckily, I found this. You guys hear that? That's a physical photograph. 
That's not a picture from my phone or my computer or from Instagram. That is a real deal motherfucking photograph. Now, this photo is from about 1999. 1999, maybe going right into like 2000. This photo is of myself and WCW, ECW, WWF wrestler Shane the Franchise Douglas. The reason is because this photo is at a really weird significant point in my life so it was 1999 i was super into wrestling i was super into metal i was that nerdy greasy fat kid who was into like death metal and comic books and pro wrestling a total nerd I was so nerdy that I was listening to a radio show about pro wrestling on Wednesday nights. This was radio you had to stay up for. Not the internet, not podcasts like I'm doing right now where you guys can listen to it whenever and wherever you want. I had to stay up till about 10.30 on Wednesday nights. This was a uh, radio show on 1360 Homer. That's a local... Uh, sports station here in Cincinnati. So I had called in a few times. I had, I had won a couple different things in contests. I had won like a copy of, I think, WWF Aggression, the CD where they had like rappers do their versions of uh, wrestler songs. I had won like a couple autographed 8x10s, but this time I had called in, and I honestly don't remember the question, but it was one of those answer the question, win tickets deals. So I call in, I ask the question, I win the tickets. I want to say it was something about Shawn Michaels and Kane. They had just won, I think they had just become tag team champions, and it was something to do with the tag titles, like who had won... X amount of times or under X stipulation. I, 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 that's neither here nor there. But I had won the tickets off of this radio station, 1360 Homer. Originally, the tickets that I had won were two tickets to meet Bret Hart. I was like, holy shit, I get to go, I get, I get to go meet Bret Hart. I, I had to go to the mall, pick him up. And a week later, I took a friend of mine and we went up there. And we were rocking and rolling. Now, to put a little bit more reference onto who I am at this point in my life in 1999, uh, the photo speaks wonders. I'm wearing the palest blue jeans I probably could have gotten that day. Leather belt, Metallica t-shirt. Now, here's the kicker. The Metallica t-shirt's tucked into the jeans which are in turn tucked into my combat boots. I watched too many movie combo weird things growing up where I tried to do this halfway in between combination of James Hetfield from Metallica and uh, oh, what's the guy's name from Breakfast Club? Fucking uh, Judd Nelson's character, Bender, Bender, Bender from uh, Breakfast Club. I'd watched that movie a ton. I, I, for some reason, I was drawn to that guy's aesthetic. He tucked his jeans into his boots. He would tie a red bandana around one boot. I thought that shit was cool. 
So Metallica t-shirt tucked into jeans, tucked into boots. On my hip is a gigantic camera case. It looks like a cell phone case before cell phone cases, but it's a big, puffy, uh, black cotton deal with like two zippers, and you put a camera in there, and you could put like two extra rolls of film. And I thought I was the coolest thing on two feet walking around with this fucking camera hooked onto my belt loop. So I'm there strolling. I got my hair all greased, you know, parted in the middle. I went to this thing where I grew my hair out, cut it off. But because I did that, it was like curly. So my mom convinced me to straighten my hair. When she convinced me to straighten my hair, it dries the fuck out. So I did my own research and discovered Dark and Lovely, which was a uh, hair straightener for like, like, like there's black women on the cover of all the boxes, but like Dark and Lovely, I would straighten my hair and then I would get like all the lotions and put it in my hair. I overdid it and my hair was a greasy, rotten mess. It looks like a greasy spider on top of my head. I've got like bike chains on my wrist like literally me and my buddies would take old bike chains cut just enough length to where it would go around your wrist like a bracelet and then you use a uh, a ring from a key ring to like attach it so i'm just decked out to the nines in my 1999 metalhead douchebag glory Standing in line. Well, we get to, we get to the venue, and first thing we're told is it's not Bret Hart. Bret Hart's not there today. Instead, we've gotten Chris Benoit and Shane Douglas. What had happened was a few days prior, Bret Hart had taken a kick. A very specific kick from Bill Goldberg, ladies and gentlemen. It was the kick that eventually led to Bret Hart's in-ring retirement. Uh, He was supposed to make it, but wasn't allowed to fly from what I was told and what we were told at the signing. So they had him replaced with Chris Benoit and Shane Douglas. So we're standing in line for like two hours. This place is, it's right in front of a Suncoast, which if you've never been to a Suncoast, I don't really know what to tell you. It was like movies and soundtracks and posters and just movie memorabilia. It was like a like a hot topic now, but take the punk rock and the music out of it. Replace all the music shit with movie shit, and essentially you'd have a Suncoast. It was the one of the first places I can remember outside of comic book stores that would carry like deluxe action figures. Like you buy like a really fancy ass Batman or like a fucking remake of like some movie character. So it's right in front of that. And we're going up there and I get so exposed to wrestling fandom in this moment. You've got nerdy kids like me. You've got old guys. You've got little ass kids. You've got, indie wrestlers with their independent wrestling title on their shoulder, all standing in line to meet these guys. We get through the line. Chris Benoit, super nice guy from the signing that I met. I'm not commenting at all on anything Chris Benoit did after that. Not here to talk about that. 
but at the signing, he was pleasant. Shane Douglas didn't look at the camera. That's why I got that right here, ladies and gentlemen, because sometimes in life, great things happen to you and you make memories like this where a greasy fat kid stands in line at a wrestling signing and meets Shane Douglas and he's not looking at the camera. I've got a photo of me pointing at the camera, the guys who are running the signing pointing at the camera, but Shane Douglas looking in the complete opposite direction. This photo stuck with me ever since it was taken. I thought I'd lost it. And it's always one of those moments that just lives with me. Because it's fucking funny. This guy, I stood there, waited in line, met him. And he didn't even look at the camera. Didn't get another chance because the line that big, you get your photo, you move on. You don't know at the time what the photo is going to look like. I had to go develop the thing. I didn't know you didn't look at the camera for two fucking weeks. So Shane Douglas, this drink's for you. We're going to call this the uh, Triple Threat Spritzer. Now, when I was looking this up, I wanted to base it around Shane Douglas. And one thing I found that always intrigued me was the uh, third degree cocktail. Now, a third degree cocktail, this version that I based my drink off of, is from the old Mr. Boston bartending book from 1936. Uh, originally, it was printed in 1935. The copy that I got this one out of is from 1936. The classic cocktail is called a third-degree cocktail. What it, that's going to consist of is two-thirds dry gin, one-third dry vermouth, four dashes of absinthe, you would just stir those things up and strain it into a cocktail glass. Pretty easy build. It was not served on ice. It was served just in a cocktail glass. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to combine a little bit more wider variety of spirits. I wanted some dryness. I wanted a little bit of butteriness and some herby spiciness. So... I took these ingredients and took what I had and I thought, you know what? This is going to be not only a great cocktail to put a little bit of a hardcore spin on, but also with this, you can use stuff that you got hanging around the house. And here's why. We're going to be using gin, wine, a couple other ingredients, and then whatever fucking seltzer you got around. That's going to be the topper. So let's jump right into this. All right, so first things first. I'm going to always encourage you guys to set everything up ahead of time. If you're talking food, this is your quote-unquote mise en place. But this is going to make when you start making your drink, if you've got everything ready to go and in one spot and you got all your ingredients, you got all your tools, boom, you're making cool-ass drinks. So let's fucking go. This is the Triple Threat Spritzer. So the Triple Threat part. A third-degree cocktail was based off of that combination of gin, vermouth, and absinthe. We're still going to use gin. We're still going to use absinthe. I've got a really cool absinthe that was finished in Serbian juniper barrels. And we're going to swap out the vermouth. I'm not a big fan of vermouth. Anytime I could figure out how to work vermouth out of a drink, I'm going to do that. So this 
I'm actually swapping out the vermouth for just white wine. Now this is where, honestly guys, when you're using this white wine, you can use whatever white wine you have in the house. This is an open bottle of, what is this? City proper Southern wine from Tennessee Homemade Wine Company in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Uh, my girlfriend Kelly and I go down to Gatlinburg a lot. We love this little winery. We always pick up stuff from them every time we go. And this is just the remainder of a bottle of their white table wine that I had sitting in the fridge. But we're gonna do that instead of doing the vermouth. The vermouth is gonna, was gonna make it a lot more drier, add that astringency, almost that little bit of bitter back note. We're doing some other things to add bitterness to this drink. So I, I really didn't wanna add the vermouth. So we're swapping out the vermouth for wine. Wine me, dine me. So here's how this is gonna work. You're gonna need those three spirits, your gin, your absinthe, your wine. You're gonna need some simple syrup. I made this about two days ago and put it in the fridge. Simple syrup, guys, super easy. Equal portions of sugar and water. Melt them together in a pot, stir it up till it's appropriate thickness and let it cool. Simple syrup, it's called simple for a reason. You can buy it in a store, you can go to your local bartending store, the bartending store. The fuck, so you go to your local liquor store and pick up a bottle of simple syrup, quote unquote, they might call it bar sugar, but you can pick this up at a store or make it. I always make it. Um, back when I used to work in bars and barback, that was the barback's job, was making sure there was enough juice juiced, enough simple syrup, enough all this shit ready to go. When you run out of simple syrup, sometimes you put really hot water in a thing with sugar, shake the piss out of it until it's, until it's combined, and then just stick it in ice to cool down. That's another way of doing it. So you can also grab your bitters as well at this point. I'm gonna be using Angostura aromatic bitters. Angostura aromatic bitters are probably the most common bitters you'll see in a bar. Those of you not very familiar with these, this is what's going to be giving that herby, medicinal in a good way kind of quality. Uh, it's a concentration of alcohol with herbs and spices. We're going to talk about bitters really deep at one point. But right now, I want you guys just to know that you need Angostura aromatic bitters. So, we've got our three spirits. We've got our simple syrup. We've got our Angostura bitters. You're gonna need half a lime. I've got leftover half a lime here from when I made margaritas the other day. So I'm just gonna use that as well. So these are all your spirit ingredients. This is what's really making your cocktail. I combined it with a spritzer idea. I wanted something light, something refreshing. So for that, we're gonna be using LaCroix. Now, you guys can use whatever seltzer you want. I'm using LaCroix's Guava Sao Paulo. It's part of the uh, Summertime series, so it's just a nice light guava seltzer. We're gonna be adding um, sugar from the simple syrup. So I don't necessarily want like a soda or something that's gonna add additional sugar. That's not really the jam and what I'm looking to do. So. We've got everything lined up here. We're ready to make our drink. Let's start doing it. So triple threat spritzer. First part is gonna be that triple threat, the cocktail part, the drink part, based on that third rail. So with this cocktail, 
we're going to be making sure, not third rail, third degree. It's a third degree cocktail that it was based on. So we've got three ingredients. It's a triple threat, like I was saying. First thing we're going to be doing is using gin. Now the gin that I chose is number 209 gin. If you look that up on the internet, you'll be able to find this product. Now I'm using a barrel reserve gin. This barrel reserve gin was actually aged in Chardonnay barrels, so it's gonna give it a real nice buttery quality. When it comes to white wine, Chardonnays are always my favorite because of that buttery quality. I'm not super big on sweet stuff. So I'm actually gonna always have a shot glass here, guys. Anytime we use a spirit, I'm gonna give it a little taste, talk about it. So this is 209 barrel reserve gin finished in Chardonnay barrels. That's really good. It's still got that herbiness. The big thing, and you'll hear people going, I don't like gin. I don't like the taste of gin. Gin is just herby ass vodka. It's vodka with juniper berries and a bunch of other bullshit added, but it's just herby ass vodka. And if you ask me, it's tastier than vodka. I'm not a big vodka guy, but barrel reserve gin and good gin like that, amazing. So this is our number 209 barrel reserve gin. This is the first ingredient. I'm gonna advise you guys to have your stirring vessel ready to go. Everything that we take and pour out, we're gonna be pouring into the stirring vessel here in the first part. So I've got a big, nice, sturdy glass vessel. I got this from uh, Grey Goose. You can use whatever works best for you. You can even do this in a pint glass. So our first ingredient is gonna be this gin. Now this is finished in those Chardonnay barrels. This company, number 209, does a five time distillation on this gin. So they actually put it through five different times to make sure it's nice and clean. It's got those good high bright herbal notes. It's a little bit darker and more caramel in color because of that barrel aging. That's what you're gonna get anytime you put a spirit in wood. So I've got my gin. I've got my jigger here to pour this out. We're gonna do two ounces of this gin. Now, this is a stout drink, guys. So, I'm gonna do one right in the vessel, and my other ounce of gin right in there. Okay, so we've got our gin in there. So, that's our first part. That's the first part of that third degree cocktail. That's where this starts turning into the triple threat spritzer. We've got our gin. Now we're gonna take a look. Instead of doing that vermouth, we're doing wine. So I've got this white table wine. All right, where's my shot glass? So this is, once again, city proper southern white. Pour a little bit in here for a taste ski. Good. Ooh, sweet. That's very sweet. That we're only gonna do three quarters of an ounce. So three quarters of an ounce of this one in the vessel. So we've got two ounces of the gin and we have three quarters of an ounce of the wine. All right, so gin's in, wine's in. Next part's gonna be the absinthe. This 
it's really special absinthe that I'm using in this. Absinthe's a weird thing. I'm going to advise you to go find something you like or talk, it, talk to the people at your local liquor store. Ask them what they recommend. There might be a really cool local one. This is local to me. This absinthe is from a company called Copper and Kings. Now, the version is called their Zamai. Spelled super fucked up. Z-M-A-J. So this is Copper and Kings Zamai. Now, the big thing about this one, it is uh, aged in Serbian juniper barrels. It is an absinthe superior. Uh, it comes from grapes, just like most absinthe. Now, this particular distillery does something very interesting. They actually age a lot of their spirits in the basement of their building and use sonic aging. They play music to vibrate the barrels to get the aging process going. How much does that truly affect? Who's to know for sure? But this is out of, out of Louisville, Kentucky, actually. This is a company, like I said, Copper and Kings. Now, this is a double distilled Muscat brandy base. So that's what they did. They made brandy, they distilled it twice, and then they made this absinthe with it. This is 130 proof, guys. So this, this is powerful stuff. I'm gonna go ahead and pour the absinthe. You're gonna use three quarters of an ounce of this as well. There was originally only two bar spoons in the third degree. I wanna go a little bit more intense in this. So we're gonna do three quarters of an ounce. Now, like I said, this is 130 proof shit. This is powerful. This will fuck you up. I've given people a shot of this, and that was the only shot they needed for the night. I don't look at absinthe. Man, that's good. I don't look at absinthe the way a lot of people do with, like, oh, the green fairy is going to make you hallucinate. That's not what absinthe is for. Um, it's got that nice wormwood taste. This particular one has a really yellowish hue. Great in a death in an afternoon. If you use this absinthe in a death in an afternoon cocktail, it's delicious. If you don't know what that is, it's absinthe and champagne. Wonderful. We'll do one of those one day. But I'm going to do a little taste of this. Mmm. Damn, that's good. Licorice, anise, wood, juniper. Mmm. Man, that's nice. So, we've got gin wine and absinthe in here we've essentially created our triple threat the gin represents shane douglas it's got that body it's really smooth it can talk its way into any contract the uh wine that represents chris candido man it's sweet it's buttery it's delicious it leaves you wanting more sweet like sunny kidding and then we've got that absinthe superior, that Copper and Kings Zamai. That's going to be your bam, bam, bigelow. Spicy, heavy, big proof, bold. You have to pay attention to it. It's got a fucking dragon on the label, ladies and gentlemen. This particular brand of absinthe has a goddamn dragon on the label. If that don't scream bam, bam, bigelow, I don't know what does. So we've got spirit all in the glass. We've got gin, absinthe, wine cocktail is going to consist of two more things for it to be considered a cocktail it needs bitters we're going to add three dashes of angostura bitters one two three it's going to give it that nice brown tone 
but we're gonna add that right into our mixing vessel. Last thing we're gonna do, little bit of simple syrup. So, simple syrup is that weird thing in a drink, because you need it, but I don't like super sweet. So I'm always gonna use probably a lot less. Go ahead, I'm gonna use a light splash, but you guys at home, go ahead and use a heavy splash. Use as much simple syrup as you think you're gonna need, but don't overkill it. Remember, if your white wine's really sweet, you've already got a lot of sugar in there, so you don't wanna necessarily overpower it by pouring a bunch of simple syrup in there right away. Right now is a great time to taste it. If you take a straw or something, give it a little bit of a stir, and get a little bit on your straw and taste, it's gonna let you know where that sweetness is at. That's, that's good for me. That's where I like it. Not too sweet, but just enough to let you know that it, none of it's there. Cool. So, we officially have a quote-unquote cocktail. We've got spirits, sugar, bitters. So, what we're gonna do now, take our mixing vessel full of our spirit. Put you over here. Now we're gonna add our ice. This is where it gets kind of loud, guys. You're just gonna put enough ice in your mixing vessel to where the liquid is pretty much all full of ice. You don't want the ice to be able to jiggle around a lot. You wanna use enough ice to where it makes a nice big form in there. Perfect. So we got ice in the vessel, we got our spirit in there, we got our sugar in there, we've got our bitters in there. We're gonna stir. You're only gonna need to stir this drink for about maybe 30, 45 seconds. Everything in there is gonna combine really nicely during this part of the process. And these are high quality ingredients and we didn't add a bunch of bullshit. There's not a ton of juice, there's not a lot of sour mix in here, there's just spirits sugar and bitters so we should be good with that let me put this over here i didn't think of a place to put the spoon when i was done using it are you gonna sit there for me this is the audio blooper if the spoon falls and makes a big noise nope we're good cool all right so we've got our drink in there we need to move quick because right now that drink with the ice in the vessel is getting watered down more and more. So grab your pint glass or whatever you're gonna serve this drink in. It's gonna make a good amount of drink. So, go ahead and fill your pint glass with ice. Fresh ice. I'm a big fan of fresh ice whenever possible. Yes, there's ice in this drinking vessel or in this stirring vessel, but I wanna get the drink out of there. So, put your strainer on top and strain the contents, whole thing, directly into your pint glass. With the ice, it's probably gonna go about three quarters of the way up the glass. You should probably have about inch and a half to two inches of glass space still left. So this is where we're gonna go ahead and add our LaCroix seltzer. All right, so we've got everything in the glass, in the ice. I've got my seltzer. Once again, 
sparkling seltzer. This is LaCroix Guava Sao Paulo. Now, you guys can use whatever seltzer you've got around. You want to use a different flavor of LaCroix? Fucking great. You want to use Topo Chico? Fucking great. You want to use a White Claw? Fucking great. Add some more booze in there. So, top it off with your seltzer. Give it a little bit of a stir. Either with a spoon or your straw. And then we're just going to give a slice of lime, just a little lime wedge. And we'll just give the lime a little squeeze and drop it in the glass. Cool. A little bit of seltzer on top to finish that off. And there we have it. People of the internet, this is the triple threat spritzer. Barrel-aged gin, absinthe, wine, bitters, whatever seltzer you want to put on top. So, it's got a nice pink kind of, reminds like a grapefruit juice hue. Almost, a little bit cloudy from the absinthe. Anytime you mix absinthe with water, you're going get to that, get that cloudy consistency. And then, it's got a nice aroma. Lime on top really helps. So, let's give it a taste. That's good. It's real good. It's herby. The bitters and the absinthe does a real interesting thing. If you don't like licorice, it's gonna have that because it's got the absinthe in there, but I encourage you guys to give this a chance. It's a little bit booze heavy. You gotta remember, we put about four and a half ounces of alcohol in there. So it's got a good amount of liquor. So it's gonna have some kick. So this is definitely one you could drink out on the patio, maybe, you know, if out by the pool, it's a little bit heavy. So if you don't want something super light and frilly, this might be for you. But make sure you guys give this a shot. If you want to swap the gin out, swap the gin out. You want to do a red wine, do a red wine. You want to do a Moscato, do a Moscato. Make these drinks your own. I'm just putting stuff together and trying to help you guys mark out and get drunk. Make sure you guys give this a like. Wherever you guys listen to podcasts, subscribe, leave a comment, go to gettingworked.com, follow me on Twitter, at gettingworked, follow me on Instagram, gettingworkedwithmike. I'm going to be back next week with another drink. This is where the future of Getting Worked with Mike lays, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be making drinks. We're going to be talking wrestling. We're going to be talking pop culture. Get drunk. Mark out. This is Getting Worked. I'll see you guys next week. Mm. Damn, that's a fucking good drink. See you guys. We got drunk. We marked out. We'll see you next week. This is Platinum Max. Signing off. Getting worked. There's no G in yet. Except for the first G, of course. Driving in your car, getting worked. Slacking at your job, getting worked. At the DMV, getting worked. In the VIP, getting worked. Out, getting worked. Getting worked. Get, getting worked. Getting worked. 
getting work, get getting work, getting work, getting work, get getting work, getting work, getting work, get getting work.